I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What's up, sports fans, and welcome to the Sports Opinions Podcast, episode number 19. I'm your host, as always, Alex Cuesta. Find me on Twitter at A underscore Cuesta 30. And find the Sports Opinions Twitter at Sports Opinion 30. And, of course, again, you're listening to this. If you are, thank you. You're listening via YouTube. Go ahead, click subscribe if you haven't already. Because I have great guests coming every week. Like the man that I have joining me today. You've heard him before. We had a great podcast last time. We're going to have another great podcast this time because it's a special podcast. It is an NBA playoff preview with the playoffs right around the corner. Last time I talked to him, he was doing some different stuff, so he switched up where he's writing, but he's always writing. Mr. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, senior columnist over now at Basketball Society, a great website about basketball for a man that knows a lot about basketball, and also the creator of the Scoop B. uh, Radio podcast. Blending hip-hop, blending just celebrities, basketball, anything you want on that podcast. Great variety of it. What up, Scoop? Nothing, man. What's going on? Nothing, nothing. Always having a good time, especially when you come on the podcast. You know, knowledge gets dropped and people get educated and I sure as hell get educated, especially about basketball. We love it. Last time uh, I was on, we talked about Wendy uh, Howard Jefferson and Oh, yeah. And oh, did you just see that Adam Silver again said that he's really interested in the one through 16 format? What do you think? Do you think it's something they should just say, screw it, let's do the one through 16? Are you a fan of that? Well, you know that I wrote about it actually today. Um, Adam Silver talking about the one through 16 um, process and he acknowledged on Friday uh, that the league lottery form is in place for next season. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely um, definitely uh, have heard about it. And, um, he had a meeting with the owners at the Board of Governors meeting in Manhattan uh, on Friday. And, um, he talked about tanking. 
Um, he, he said he recognized that the goal was to put the best competition on the floor and, you know, tanking reforms and 1 through 16 are all things that the Board of Governors uh, are discussing and, you know, we'll see what happens. But he touched on a number of NBA uh, topics on Friday. Um, Playing game to determine the playoff berth uh, in the wake of the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves and Denver Nuggets game. Um, Which was a hell of a game, by the way. That is the way you want to end the season, right there, man. Yeah, man. That was like the, the that was like the one playoff game uh, that you that you play before you finish, you know, your bracket. You know, and uh, that that's what it felt like. But you know, I, I'm in I'm in in, in favor of um, some type of reform. But I'm gonna tell you, I was having this conversation with somebody on Twitter uh, today. Uh, just the way that the playoffs are set up, I'm in favor of. You know, a top, and, and I wrote about this today, Adam Silver um, and the NBA doing something like the top 16 players, irrespective of conferences, is playing out in one game. And then you have a national championship game. It's one game. But I also missed the, the, the best three out of five in the NBA's first round. So, I mean, there's a lot to sort through, but you look at injuries. You look at guys like, you know, uh, Steph Curry and Joel Embiid and, uh, you know, and Kyrie Irving, who has been injured. You know, Joel will be back, and Steph will be back, but Kyrie Irving had a lot to prove this season and, you know, ended up having an infection in his knee and, you know, wasn't able to be able to carry and lead the Celtics team. So it'll just be interesting to see how they reform it. And, you know, basketball is an 11-month game. You know, even being played even when the season is over. So a lot of wear and tear on bodies. Now, we all know that the best of five is never coming back, even though I loved it, but it's all about money. The longer the playoffs, the more those sponsors love it. The networks have a deal. I don't think we're ever getting the best of five back. I love the pressure it put on teams to perform, but we ain't going to see that again. And before we continue, Scoop, we never plugged you. So I'm doing it for you because people need to know where to find you. You can find Scoop on Twitter at ScoopB. Definitely go on uh scoopyradio.com to listen to the Scoopy Radio podcast and Instagram are you at Scoopy there as well Scoop underscore B on Instagram Scoop underscore B on Instagram and Instagram listen you guys will enjoy his Instagram because it's not he's not just pushing all of his articles you'll get to see the pictures of all of his adventures and Scoop is always moving Scoop is always moving he's he's at fashion week and that one time then he's at the all-star game and then He's just everywhere. He's meeting different people, doing a lot of fun stuff. So you definitely want to follow him on Instagram. It'd be the best for you to have in your life. Make sure to follow him on Snapchat as well, Scoop underscore B. Subscribe to us, you know, Scoopy Radio on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, and ScoopyRadio.com. There you go. So, yeah, definitely go follow Scoop. Fun follow. I follow him on everything. So, you know, I'm not just uh, talking right here. This is what we do. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to have some fun. We are going to start off. With, so what we're going to do here, we're going to run down the teams the, that are playing each other. Um, we're going to give each other. We're going to talk about each team. We're going to talk about the matchup. Then we're going to give predictions. But we're not going to stop at the first round because Scoop's a busy man, and I can't hog him every single time the round switch as much as I would love to. So we are going to put it all out here. We are going to jump, and we are going to give our full predictions so it's going to be out there on the ether. So if one of us is dead wrong or dead right, the world will know, Scoop. So let's do this. We're going to start. We're starting off on the East because I have East Coast bias because I'm a Nets fan and I live on the East Coast. So we're going to start off first matchup, the Toronto Raptors versus the Washington Wizards. Scoop, who do you like coming out of this and why? Well, 
you know, I didn't expect the Wizards to be an AFC. I've been around uh, the Wizards for parts of the season. Um, and I think the biggest hurdle for them was the John Wall injury versus when John Wall came back and how they were able to gel. When John Wall was out, it was Bradley Beal's team. Um, so early in the season, Bradley Beal scored a, a, a bunch of, I think it was a game against Portland. Um, he kind of solidified himself in the NBA All-Star. Um, I think that, you know, I think he's found his niche and his confidence. Um, but they're not the team that kind of coast on and off. Uh, I spoke to Bradley Bill in February out in LA during All-Star Weekend. Um, and basically, he said his confidence is there. John Wall, uh, he, his confidence is always there, but the injuries is what's what's hurt him. But one thing about the Toronto Raptors uh, and the Eastern Conference, other than the Boston Celtics, the Raptors have been have pretty much been the most consistent this season. And I think they don't get enough credit uh, for how solid they really, really are. DeMar DeRozan has, has found his, his outside jumper. Uh, Kyle Lowry has been leading it quietly. Um, and, and I think that more than anything, they've been, other than the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Eastern Conference, um, they've had trouble with the Cavaliers this season. But I, I, I do think that this Raptors-Wizards matchup is, is a matchup of two teams um, that both have, have a, a glut of talent, but I think it's going to be a war, and I think the Raptors take this, this series. How many games? What is it going to take for the Raptors to get there? Are they going to go seven? Is this going to be a nice long one early? It's going to be Raptors in six. Raptors in six. Now, this, you know, we're starting off nice and early with the disagreements. <laughs> See, for yeah, me, more. everything that you said is completely true, but I, you, I think you forgot to lead out that this Toronto team has been a regular season team over, I, I want to say, since both Lowry and DeRozan came out and have become bona fide superstars. Because there's no shading that they are both bona fide superstars. They're talented players, some of the best at their positions in the league. But when it comes playoff times, both of them shrink. And, you know, you can point at certain games where, yeah, DeRozan will go off for 30 in a game in a series. Lowry will carry a team with 20 and 10. But they don't do it enough. They don't do it like LeBron, like Curry, like Durant, like Westbrook, where they're going to bring it and they're going to average 25 a game and put a team on their back. So that is what scares me about the Toronto Raptors. And that's exactly why I like... Bradley Beal and John Wall in the playoffs more than I like DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. And you look at the supporting cast, both of them have had problems finding their true number three to make a big three. You know, you look at especially the Wizards. Kelly Oubre never stepped up. Otto Porter never stepped up. Gortat really uh, didn't live up to his potential. He was definitely mentioned as a big three for a long time. So I look at it, but in terms of the 2v2 with top two on each team, I just like John Wall and Bradley Beal in the playoffs especially better than Lowry and DeRozan. So I'm saying Washington in six. Did you mention Otto Porter? I did mention Otto Porter and that he just hasn't, like, you know, listen, I'm a Nets fan. I wanted the Nets to get Otto Porter, but he hasn't been the big, the, the, the third, he was supposed to be the third member of the big three. Like that was his role to take, and he's just never taken that by the horns. So I think, yeah, Otto Porter, I, I believe that the Wizards match, um, the Wizards match the Nets. Uh, offer sheet, yes, I mean, they did. You know, um, a 24-year-old guy uh, out of Georgetown. Um, and third pick, I forget that he was the third pick in the, in, in the 2000, uh, 
2013 NBA draft. I believe it was that. Uh, he still has room to grow, but in terms sure. of basketball time and how cl- small windows are, I think the Wizards wanted that growth now. But he's shooting 50% this season, though, man. And I think that when you're playing a Toronto team, you have to have strong, solid shooting. Uh, and, the, and the other thing is, you, you talk about how he's not been that guy every year he's been coming, statistically, um, averaging 14.7 points per game this season, about a shade, about a point and a half above what he averaged last year. Um, and um, I, I think when you look at guys like Otto Porter particularly, um, he, he reminds me of, of today's, like you looked at Villanova, you saw a lot of Otto Porters on that team. Oh, well, speaking of Villanova, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's a Villanova yeah. product. <laughs> and you just see this type of ball. Sure, sure. But sure. I'm talking more like the 6'8", 200-pound, uh, 2-3-4 guys um, that can spread the floor. Shooting is the name of the game. And when Otto Porter is on, um, he's on. Oh, yeah. He's a, definite, he's a definite 3 and D guy because he does play good defense, too. Otto Porter plays... He's, he's long, like you said, you just gave all of his stats. He's long, he's athletic, and he doesn't shy away from competition at all. And, you know, and Scoop, you're proving my point. That's why I'm thinking Washington is going to show up, and hopefully it's an Otto Porter breakout for this playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I, I just think that, um, I, I think that when it's all said and done, though, I, I think the Raptors are, are, have been, very overlooked and disrespected. In my opinion, I think the Raptors to the Eastern Conference are what the Houston Rockets are in the Western Conference. I, I think people see them winning regular in season games and, and you know, and don't think that, you know, they can they can compete on on the grand stage. And we'll see what happens with that match. This means we this screen on the board first. Absolutely. Got Washington, I got Toronto. We do, we do. We're gonna move on to the next matchup, which I don't think we're gonna disagree, but who knows? We're going to go, it's Cleveland, the Cavs, LeBron James. A lot of people call him the Cleveland LeBrons. It's no joke. The guy found father time. He's playing some of his best basketball. And we seem to say that every single year around this time. But he played 82 straight games. There's a lot of young guys that don't do that. Talk to Joel Embiid, who I love Joel Embiid. But talk to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid don't play no back-to-back games. And they're playing the Indiana Pacers. What's up? The mask man, Joel Embiid. Oh yeah, Phantom. I, honestly, I, I I could I could honestly see him even when it's healed, just cutting the mask in half and literally just playing like Phantom of the Opera. That's the type of dude that Joel Embiid is. <laughs> the dude just brings so much fun to the game again. I really like watching him play. Me too. But we will talk about him some more. But we're gonna go back. Cleveland versus Indiana. I you know Cleveland's a four seed. Indy's a five seed. Normally they're good close matches. I don't see this being a good close match. Who do you got in this one? Uh, Cleveland at five. Um, I, I think that um, you look at the unexpected that was the Pacers this season, a team in the offseason that shipped Paul George um, to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo, an all-star this season uh, for the Pacers, has been playing uh, just out of his mind. Um, you know, and, and I think that the one thing about the Pacers um, that I found to, to be really encouraging this season is the fact that basically um, the Pacers the coach was on uh, he gets fired this season um, yep. and, uh, and 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 you pretty much built your team around Lance Stevenson who signed 
I believe at the either this season or end of last season. I believe it was this I think season. it was the end of last season and he got going. Like I think they picked him up off the scrap heap at the end of last season when he was just floundering and he he's comfortable in yeah. Indiana. That man likes Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think one of the most underrated moves that they did in the offseason was signing Bojan Bogdanovich. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Former Yep, and it, that guy could shoot the lights out. If you're talking about the new NBA game, shooting threes, when Bojan's on, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I look at that team... That team represents shooters. You have Boyan on that team. You have Lance Stevenson defensively. Of course, you're going to see a matchup again of Lance versus LeBron. And, you know, but Miles Turner, I, I really expect to have a, a, a good, uh, a good uh, playoff series. But you know, I don't think the Pacers will win. But as a, you know, also you look at Al Jefferson uh, and, and, and Trevor Booker from the net journeyman is there. But you know, that team is is, is building the image of Victor Oladipo and. Miles Turner is a good addition as well, but uh, and Lance Stevenson, that's their big three. But ultimately, you know, the Cavs will go in, and, and, the, and the name of the game for them right now is really preservation. You've seen in playoffs past where, you know, if the Cavs take take care of the ball early and take advantage of what they need, um, you know, they'll be able to um, kind of preserve themselves for the playoffs. But I think the thing for the Cavs that I am a little concerned about, I'm concerned about certain defensive matchups. You know, and I think that's where somebody like George Hill comes in. Is he going to start? Is he going to come off the bench? But George Hill uh, was brought into Cleveland to be the guy that Darren Williams was supposed to be last season. Oh, don't don't talk about D. Will. Don't don't talk about that man's. All right. <laughs> but but defensively, I, I think George Hill is going to make his bread and butter. A former Pacer himself, a former member of the San Antonio Spurs, defensively uh, locking his, his his defensive assignment will be the lockdown. Um, Victor Oladipo, um, but I, I think Kyle Korver, uh, shooting wise, is the most consistent cap outside of the project this season. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, they're both they're both young teams, but you know, I, I'm excited to see this matchup. But I, I have Cavs in five. Yeah, we agree right there with the exact. I say Cavs in five as well. Um, I just, uh, you know, I just think that they overmatch a lot of people because of number 23. Uh, Victor Oladipo has played very well. He's had a coming out year. You know, he's, he's never been the guy that's lived up to the expectations of carrying a team. And this year on Indiana, he really stepped up. He made it his team and he's played really well. Um, Lance Stevenson, he's a goofball, but he can ball and he really loves Indiana. Like I said, for some reason you put him there, he plays well. But ultimately, I think LeBron is too much. You mentioned George Hill. I could see George Hill making a lot of clutch shots down the road. They're not asking him to be a scorer all the time. They're Like you said, they're, they're asking him to match up, spend a lot of energy playing defense. And But I also think that he, he is a guy that can score. He can shoot threes. He could score when necessary. So I wouldn't be surprised if George Hill wins him a game or two. And a guy you didn't mention, Jordan Clarkson. I really like Jordan Clarkson. I think he's going to be able to give you at least 10 to 14 and anywhere from 5 to 6 assists every single game. And that will be big just to take some of the onus off of LeBron and let LeBron play off the ball every once in a while. Or when LeBron's out of the game, be comfortable with someone running the point. So, Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. And I also think Rodney Hood um, is a guy that's going to help compete in, in, in the playoffs. But in this first matchup, I think he's going to be getting acclimated. 
I think in the grand scheme of things, I think Lonnie Little Book serves the purpose of the scoring uh, team that uh, J.R. Smith should be consistently, if not always. And you know, I also think Kevin Love in the corner is going to be uh, helpful. And, uh, you know, I, I think um, Jordan Clarkson is that definitely, you saw that at the, at the, at the, at the training deadline. Uh, was definitely beneficial for uh, LeBron and and company uh, and their matchup, their national matchup against uh, the Boston Celtics uh, in February. So I, I definitely think that um, it'll be a fun matchup to see the young uh, Pacers team and the a little bit older uh, Cleveland Cavaliers team. Absolutely. So we both agree on that. Cleveland in five. We're gonna roll on to the team that you know. They have a guy that I like to call, we actually both talked about this guy being potentially LeBron Light if he develops a jumper, Mr. Ben Simmons, leading the Philadelphia 76ers to the number three seed, just passing Cleveland at the end of the season. Markel Fultz, after all the talk of him with his shooting troubles, looks just fine to me. Got a triple-double before the season ended. Joel Embiid will come back. He's the man in the mask right now, but he will come back. They have their first-round matchup against the Miami Heat, who is no pushover. They're playing good ball. They, you know, Dwayne Wade went home. He hit a spark with that team. Goran Dragic, Sam Whiteside. They're a good basketball team. Uh, how do you feel? What do you What do you think in that matchup? I think it's going to be a pretty good one. I think Dwayne Wade has had uh, the best two years of his life. Um, you know, leaving Miami and, and or, yeah, leaving Miami and not getting the money he thought he deserved and, and going to Chicago uh, and, and leading the Bulls to a playoff uh, matchup last season uh, against the Boston Celtics. Uh, caught a little bit of Isaiah Thomas in Boston in game four in Chicago Madison the last year. It was cool. Uh, side note, Chance the Rapper was there. Derrick Rose was there. Got a standing ovation. Scotty Pippen as well as that. Uh, I was playing. It was pretty cool to see. Um, but as, as it relates to Dwayne Wade, um, you know, it was cool to see him kind of get, you know, play in that Chicago Bulls system and then come to Cleveland with LeBron and play with LeBron for a second time. But ultimately, um, you know, Dwayne Wade was able to um, supplant or rather circumvent, you know, what was going on in Cleveland at the time and head back to Miami where he maintained the home and um, be in a familiar place. Uh, listen, I, what I like about the uh, Miami Heat team this year is, you know, Deion Waiters uh, was, wasn't really himself uh, this season, but Wayne Ellington has stepped up this season. Goran Dragic has played like Goran Dragic. The defensively has saw white side. Um, it's, it's playing well. Um, but I, what I what I like about that team is that quietly, um, they had a great season. And you actually questioned whether or not they would go to the playoffs, but when you look at the standings early in the season, you had teams like the Detroit Pistons who had a hot star behind the player, Tobias Harris, that kind of fell. You know, the Bulls didn't make it this season. And then, also, the Atlanta Hawks were terrible. You know, so you, you get mm-hmm. Charlotte uh, Hornets weren't doing well. So, you know, the Miami Heat had to fill in somewhere. And, um, you know, when it comes to the Miami Heat matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers, I think that's where... Um, folks can be a little bit nervous because I don't think it's going to be straight up uh, Philly winning this easily. Um, you know, I, I think Philly has been great to watch in the regular season and people have trusted the process. And I think Philly grows early in the season, um, maybe two years ahead. Uh, but in this Miami Heat matchup, 
I'm a little nervous. You know, when I look at the seedings of the Philadelphia 76ers, I think the, the Cleveland Cavaliers are kicking themselves because of the two games they lost in the season. Uh, particularly uh, last week when they played, that was the game they should have won, but they ran out of gas on the back-to-back. Really, a truly, Cleveland should be better to be playing against Miami right now. Um, and I think that Miami, as young as they are, they have some veterans um, who have had playoff experience. I get very nervous around teams that play well and don't have any playoff experience. And I'm actually going to pick the Miami Heat over the Philadelphia 76 first round in five games. Miami in five. That There it is. That is that is the first upset. And it's a true upset, especially for Philadelphia fans. Um, and out of coming out of the East now, another disagreement. I agree that this is going to be a hell of a series, but I agree it'll be a great series for four games. I think Philly's going to sweep, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think they're going to battle, but I just think you talk about the youth versus experience. I just think the athleticism and the type of guy that Ben Simmons is, the type of guy Joel Embiid is. I don't know much about Fultz, but if he comes to play, I do know a lot about Dario Saric, who's another guy who's a stone-faced stud of that team that doesn't get the credit he deserves. You put those guys together, I don't think this, the lights are going to be too big for Ben Simmons. He doesn't let it get to him. And he's not a guy that's relying on a three-point stroke to be at good. He's a guy that takes it to the hole, that makes his other, other teammates better. Joel Embiid is a beast. I just don't see Miami being able to match up properly against this young Philadelphia team who plays like a veteran squad. They don't play young. They don't just go run and chuck. They play basketball. They move the ball around. They find the best guy. They make great shots. So that's why I'm saying Philly in four, but it's not going to be a blowout in four. It's four really tough games that get them to the next round. I look at experience, and I look at the, the fixtures on paper. J.J. Redick has had playoff experience. Marco Bellinelli has had playoff experience. Garrison Eliasova has had playoff experience. If I'm not excuse me, Amir Johnson has had playoff experience. Uh, Keith Bogan is not on that team. He's an assistant coach or head coach for the Westchester Knicks, but under contract. Um, I, I, I think it's been a great story for Philadelphia and Philadelphia area. The Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Villanova being the mainline team, but plays their basketball games in South Philly at the Little Fargo Center. But they are Philly. Um, it's been great for Philly, but I do think that that championship bubble is going to burst a little bit. We're going to agree to disagree. I think the Miami Heat. Um, have veteran experience, and I think everybody is drinking the Philadelphia Kool-Aid right now um, based upon the regular season success that they have, and I think that the, the reality is going to set in uh, come playoff time. Hear that, Philly fans? Scoop is not trusting the process anymore. <laughs> Sliding on to the next matchup, the limping Boston Celtics, the number two seed, playing Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is a real big trap game. I'm going to let you go with it. How do you feel about this game? Who's winning? Well, I do have Milwaukee, but for not, not the reasons that everybody thinks, minus the, the Celtics and um, their injury walls, Gordon Hayward and, and Kyrie Irving. But I look at the Milwaukee Bucks team, uh, the firing of Jason Kidd in January uh, gave them a spark. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, was their superstar, uh, Mr. 60 Minutes himself, but it's not just the Milwaukee Bucks um, that 
uh, of their firing, or excuse me, it's not just the Milwaukee Bucks and firing of Jason Kidd that led the spark. The addition of Brandon Jennings has been great. The veteran leadership of Jason Terry. Um, and honestly, Jabari Parker uh, coming back has been pretty encouraging for that team. But um, I, I like the fact that they're playing um, great basketball. The head coach, former Nets assistant Joe Prunty. But I like the fact that uh, Milwaukee um, is a seventh seed and has something to prove because I think they've been playing to meet their privilege for a lot of for a few years now. I consider the Milwaukee Bucks the East Coast version of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you saw the Timberwolves being a young team not playing uh, above their privilege. And I think, you know, with a, with a confidence boost of Kyrie Irving being out, um, that's great. But I think that uh, the Bucks, this is this is going to be a tune-up matchup for, for moving on to the later round because I think that the Bucks um, are that team um, that can turn up because they have the blend of, of both old and young. Um, and I think that shooting has been at a premium for them this season. I think, you know, for a team uh, that was looking outside the playoff picture uh, earlier this season to come back and rally, uh, you know, I think that they've been pretty steady versus the Celtics that have had something to prove. And, you know, they went out of guys. I, what, I, what I've been impressed with with the Celtics is even after Gordon Hayward got out of the we led them and he ended up being injured, he had guys um, that have stepped up primarily. Uh, Jalen Brown, and you kind of saw Jalen Brown, um, you know, playing like that in the playoff last year. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be an easy matchup like people think with Kyrie Irving being gone. Uh, but I expect the play of not just Jalen Brown, um, but the play of Jason Tatum um, as a rookie. I think Jason Tatum has impressed me a lot this season. I also think that Greg Monroe um, is going to play well uh, for the Celtics moment, primarily because he knows that buck system. Um, and I think that guys like Marcus Morris are also going to step it up. But I think this series is going to be more exciting uh, than the Cavaliers and Indiana Pacers series. Absolutely. How many games is Milwaukee winning it in? Six. We agree there that Milwaukee's going to win, and I think it's going to be the probably the best series of the first round, to be quite honest. I have Milwaukee in seven, and I really I think something to prove is probably going to be the theme of this one, and I think it goes on both sides because last year the Giannis Antetokounmpo hype was real. He was the heir apparent to the best player in the league. He was ready to step up and take the mantle when LeBron was done doing everything right, stepping up. And this year, it's it's Ben Simmons. It's other people. It's, you know, it's Donovan Mitchell. It's a lot of other players that are taking the spotlight. And Giannis Antetokounmpo playing good ball. But, you know, like you said, a little bit disappointing in the regular season. Only a seven seed in the perceived weak East. So he's over there with the chip on his shoulder. Like, man, I got to show out that I'm still one of the top three players in this league, bar none. So I think he's on that side trying to prove his thing. And, but also, like you mentioned, with Kyrie and Hayward down, everyone is saying Boston's done. They're done. They're going to get destroyed. And you mentioned dudes like Jalen Brown. He got pride. Um, Jason Tatum has balled out this year, and I think he's you know very impressive. But a guy like Marcus Smart, who doesn't really get a lot of credit, but he's a glue guy on that team. And I think... He's more of a leader than people think. So even with Kyrie gone, the leadership is still there. It is still established. So I think Boston plays really well. 
I see Milwaukee in seven, and I think we're going to have a hell of a series. Yep. Yep. There you go. Summed it up. So we're going to move on to the West now, the first round games. We got number one seed Houston against the aforementioned number eight seed Minnesota T-Wolves. Who you got going there, Scoop? the Houston Rockets, but I'm ticked that the Wolves were higher because the Wolves were balling earlier this season, and I feel like after the All-Star break, it just went up and down, but I think one of the reasons why the Wolves played went up and down was because when their seeding was wacky, was because of the certain of this, the surge, excuse me, um, of the, the Portland Trailblazers in the Western Conference. They just disrupted everything, and also um, with the San Antonio Spurs having an up and down season, which we'll talk about later, but Rockets, I mean, a team that got Chris Paul um, at, the, at their point guard and, um, you know, James Harden is still a scoring machine and arguably one of the top two players in the NBA uh, this season at his position and overall. Um, I think that it's going to be um, offense versus defense, uh, but I think ultimately um, James Harden is going to play well and I think Carl Anthony Towns is going to play well, um, but I uh, ultimately think um even though it's the Western Conference, I still think that's going to be a battle. Um, and I ultimately see um, the Rockets in six games. Um, I completely agree. I actually had Houston in six as well. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the disappointing nature and the surge of other teams. And if you weren't following all season, I don't think you really understand what Scoop is talking about. From eight through three, the Rockets and the Warriors are on their own. But eight through three are separated by two games in the loss column. The Wolves are 47 and 35, where number three seed Trailblazers are 49 and 33. That is how tight the Western Conference was coming down to it, where, like we mentioned before, there was a legitimate playing game between the Timberwolves and the Nuggets at the end of the regular season. It wasn't officially that, but that's what it was for game 82. Whoever scheduled that's getting a raise. But Houston's going to, I think Houston's going to win in six as well. I think Minnesota is a really good team. I think, you know, they very well could have been the three seed if, like you said, the Trailblazers didn't surge. If, you know, Russell Westbrook wasn't doing Russell Westbrook things, getting averaging a second season in a row of triple doubles. Utah Jazz weren't playing well. There was a lot of things that just separated them by fractions. I think Jimmy Butler is an absolute bona fide stud. He's unbelievable. Carl Anthony Towns continues to get better in front of our eyes. But the Rockets did what the Rockets did for a reason. Nobody can score on the same clip as them this year. You know, not the Warriors are all banged up. They're probably the only other team that keeps up with them in terms of scoring. But the Rockets just did their thing. James Harden is continuing to get better in every facet of his game. He's continuing to actually try on defense every once in a while, which is all the difference. And that's all Chris Paul probably demanding it out of everyone. Because I don't think Chris Paul's afraid of anyone, that man. And also the rise of Clint Capella. When they talk about a big three with the Rockets now, it used to, you know, coming in, it was CP3 and Harden. Then Clint Capella this year said, nah, I'm in that. And he has balled out, and he's a legitimate player that everyone needs to watch out for. So I agree with you, Houston in six, but it's going to be a fun series to watch because Minnesota's not going to go down quietly. Oh, sure. And I think um, when you talk about Clint Capella, uh, I, I should have talked about that more. Uh, I mean, Clint Capella has broken some records uh, this season. 
the guy, the Swift guy, is uh, definitely, I, I believe um, he posted, a, a, I wrote about this last week, actually. Um, I spoke to Ronnie 2K, um, who is the, the face of NBA 2K. Yes, he is. talking about, like, the ratings of just different players, and he said the, the, the three people who had um, drastic ratings this season are in, their ratings have gone up in the game have been Donovan Mitchell, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, Victor Oladipo of the Pacers, and Clint Capella um, of the Houston Rockets. And um, one thing about Clint Capella, uh, this season he became the youngest Rocket since Hakeem Olajuwon to have at least 23 points and 25 rebounds in the game. Did you know that? No, I did. I know he's balled out, but, you know, and to be mentioned with the Dream, that's great company, and that's the company you want to be in if you're a big. And he did it on Valentine's Day, 1985, Akeem, and uh, he tallied 30 points and 25 rebounds. Um, and then on Christmas, he actually, Kirk Capella had six, uh, had, uh, by Christmas, he had already had 16 double-doubles in 28 games, and that ranked first in the NBA. Uh, he also ranked uh, first in the NBA field goal percentage. So, um, Kirk Capella is a guy that's really raised his game this season. Um, and, and I also think Ryan Anderson, when healthy, uh, can contribute greatly. And as well as Trevor Reza. Like, I think that's the thing about the Rockets. I think they're very stacked um, at, at, at many different positions. Um, and, and, and it's not just James Harden and Chris Paul. I think people have that confused. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a collaborative effort. And, um, you know, I, I'm impressed with that. I'm impressed with um, the Rockets' play. Um, this season because it's not just scoring and defensive stop to Chris Paul and that frustrated people like Damian Lillard um, and and you know he, they just played well um, but the playoffs is a new game and those guys together have to prove to me um, that they're that they're worthy and you know even with the Warriors team being what they are the Warriors team together have been playoff tested I think they won the over in the final last year. Um, because of the out, the, the, the coming out party that Kevin Durant had, but we didn't get to the Warriors yet. So um, <laughs> Rockets and Rockets and six over uh, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that's going to be a good series. Hell yeah! And before we move on, I got to get Ryan Anderson a shout out because that dude has been getting the Brook Lopez treatment in terms of. It seems every year it's Ryan Anderson's going to be a part of this package. Ryan Anderson's going to be a part of that package. And as much as it's a compliment that you're a guy that teams are going to want, at the same time, he just continues to do him. He's A lot of players talk about, I don't I don't let it phase me. I don't let it phase me. And that's a lot of talk from a lot of guys because we know it lets it phase them. Ryan Anderson's a guy that obviously he doesn't let the chatter phase him. He is every single package that possibly could be included for a big-time player going to Houston. His name's floated there. So I just got to give a big ups to Ryan Anderson. You keep doing you. Right, and, and, and I, I agree, former Net, uh, former Orlando Magic, um, former Pelican, and I just want to add this, I talked about defensively, I want to quantify that. Uh, the Houston Rockets were in top 10 in the NBA this season in terms of defensive rotation. I think a lot of times people just think they're a scoring team. Um, they're top 10 in defensive efficiency, uh, and, and they have a lot to prove this season, and um, you know, it'll be interesting. Absolutely, so going on to our next matchup. Oklahoma City Thunder, number four seed versus number five seed Utah Jazz, which you mentioned. We talked about Donovan Mitchell already. He's my rookie of the year. Um, I know there's been a little bit of jabber jawing back between him and Ben Simmons where I kind of lean on the Donovan Mitchell side. I know there's the rule protecting, you know, the fact that he didn't play a game. But 
Ben Simmons, you got paid, number one. You got to hang out at the facility with professional trainers, professional eating plan, professional lifting plan. For me, Ben Simmons is a two-year pro. I get it he didn't step on the floor. But if we're looking at a true rookie of the year, I think Donovan Mitchell is the true rookie of the year. But OKC is OKC. That's who they're running into. Who do you got? Well, I just want to piggyback off of Donovan uh, Mitchell. I actually had uh, my my buddy uh, Eric Woodyard, our first year writer, out of Fort Michigan. He's now the uh, B writer for the, the uh, Utah Jazz uh, for the Desert News. And I was, uh, I, I stupidly, he told me to pick up Donovan Mitchell on my fantasy basketball team <laughs> back in like November, and I did it. Um, the guy is just an amazing uh, slam dunk uh, champion. Uh, average about 20 points and shade of the four rebounds for assists a game, but um, he surpassed, I don't know if you knew this, he surpassed Utah Jazz legend Carmelo in January uh, by scoring 20-plus points uh, a game during the rookie season, and he had his 19th 20-plus uh, uh, point game by January. Um, and I, I think about that wow. initial when, when you talk about um, the whole rookie thing is, I say Ben Simmons did the, the, the red shirt rookie year, uh, just like Blake Griffin did. And uh, I, I think I think Blake excuse me, I believe that Ben Simmons is a great player, but everybody knew he was going to be good uh, coming out of college. And you know, many knew did, but people questioned the fact that you know the fact that uh, his college didn't make it to tournaments. Sure, he has going out on Charles Barkley has been very vocal about that. But I know I did. I, I admit that I was wrong. I knocked. Ben Simmons for not leading LSU to a tournament. I'm completely yeah. wrong about the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, I, and I think that um, you know, the, the, this whole one and done thing. I think people take it, the players take it seriously, but you know, not so seriously because they don't want to get hurt. But I think for Ben Simmons, um, you know, he's been playing lights out. I have questions about his jumper, but I think when I look at Ben Simmons and the help that he's had this season, Donovan Mitchell didn't necessarily have the help. And I'm gonna tell you something. The Ben Simmons-Donovan Mitchell comparison reminds me so much of, you know, LeBron being the first pick in the 2003 draft and Dwayne Wade exceeding expectations of what people thought he would be. Without a uh, doubt. Donovan, Same body types, too. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell um, had a lot of on-court experience right away, and, got, and, and nobody expected him. Clint Snyder, in my opinion, uh, should be the NBA's coach of the year this season, and Donovan uh, Mitchell should be the rookie of the year because nobody expected him to do as well as he did, and he's 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 crushed so many records in just his rookie season. I think he's so very mature for his age, particularly because you know his father works for the New York Mets, and um, you know he had experience in how to be a professional. Also went to the school in Louisville. But to go back to your initial question about um, Oklahoma City, we didn't even touch that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I believe that the, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder have a lot to prove this season. You know, Russell Westbrook averaged another triple double uh, for the season. Uh, you know, um, also Paul George has something to prove. You know, will he be? Will he? Um, be signed with OKC? Will he go to the hometown Los Angeles Lakers? Um, I don't think on the Philadelphia Seventy Six is an option next season. By the way, um, but but I will say to you, um, Carmelo Anthony uh, has a lot to prove. He won the argument, you know, New York wanted him out. He left, and he's in the playoffs, and the Knicks are not. Jeff Hornacek is out. So, you know, he, you know, obviously Carmelo benefited from Russell Westbrook uh, being his point guard, but um, I think that um, this is this is a matchup that you want to see both teams win, because I want to see Carmelo do well, uh, but 
<laughs> ultimately, I, I want to see the Utah Jazz do well as well. And um, I don't bet against Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm, I he's, my, he's my current favorite player in the NBA. He's my current favorite player in the NBA, bar none. Um, yeah, I, I like Russell Westbrook, and I think it's interesting. When he came into the league, people thought he could go along. And the way that he plays as a point guard is the way that everybody, every point guard, that's kind of a prerequisite to play in the league. You can't just be a distributor. You know, you, you the John Stockton, Jason Kidd type point guard are a rarity. No, Rajon Rondo type point guard. Rajon Rondo was that type of point guard, and you see where he came. He, he's gone now. Still a very talented player, but he's a distributor first, and that that doesn't. That's not a bona fide superstar anymore. I think Rondo was a tweener, though. I think Rondo's injuries forced him to be more of a distributor. Plus, he plays on a team with Anthony Davis and uh, Demarcus Cousins, so I think he had to be a distributor. It's kind of a situation that he was in in Boston, and I think that when he went to you know, the Bulls, or when he went to um, Sacramento or Dallas, he had more free range to, 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 to score. I think he's a scoring threat, but I also think he was spoiled. You know, playing with, with Ray Allen and, 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 and Paul Pierce winning a championship early in his career. Uh, but I think, by nature, he is a herky-jerky. He, he's, he's, he and Brandon Jennings are a similar player to me. So we'll we'll jump to them in a second. So with OKC Utah, who do you officially got in how many games? OKC and five. OKC and five. I tend to agree with you. I got OKC, but I have them sweeping. I think Utah is a good team. I think Donovan Mitchell is a very good player, but I think they're too young to be there to challenge a team of veterans. And I think that OKC used this as a stepping stone to really start to click. Like you said, Paul George got something to prove. People tend to forget that Paul George was the competition of LeBron James in the East for a little bit. That Indiana Pacers teams led by Paul George were just the most formidable ones that uh, one of the, some of the most formidable teams that LeBron has played against. And Paul George has went from being the undisputed star and leader of his team to accepting the role of the second in command. And at the beginning of this year, there was that awkwardness that all super teams go through. LeBron's super team went through in Miami of who takes the last shot? Who is the guy officially? And everyone knew it was Russell on this team. All the fans knew. Everyone knew it was LeBron in Miami. All the fans knew. But the players all have egos, so they need to figure that out. Now that the chips have fallen, now that Russell's one, Paul George two, Melo three, and that's it, I feel like... OKC is going to put it together. I feel like they're going to use the Utah series to really get their feet wet, get playoff basketball really ready, and I think that they're going to sweep. Well, so, go ahead. Five is more than four, but if four is the number, So next matchup, we were talking about New Orleans a little bit, mentioning Rajon Rondo. DeMarcus Cousins is not there, unfortunately, because of his injury. Anthony Davis still is. We can't call him the brow anymore, though, because he shaved it. Why did he do that, Scoop? No, he didn't really shave it. That was, that was a prank. Oh, it was a prank. Thank God. I didn't. I haven't, I haven't. I saw that. It got me sad. Now I'm happy again. Anthony, don't you ever shave that unibrow. You do you, son. You do you. But they are going up against the Portland Trailblazers, who at one point were the hottest team in basketball. 
that have sizzled off a little bit, but they still got a man named Damian Lillard. They still got a man named C.J. McCollum. Who do you got winning that series? I had the Blazers, but I, I think that um, I think that series is going to be fun uh, to watch. You, you talked about uh, Anthony Davis and DeMarco Cousins, Cousins and, and Rajon Rondo, obviously Cousins was out. Um, and Rondo and Anthony Davis have a, a, a pick and pop team. Um, but I think they're going to be an interesting watch. Aton Moore uh, has been shooting pretty well this season uh, for uh, the Pelicans. But I think when I look at the overall roster of the Pelicans, uh, they don't impress me. Uh, and they have Drew Holiday as well. They don't impress me as much as the Blazers do. And I think it's the way the Blazers got to that point. Damian Lillard is arguably one of the best point guards in the NBA and is often overlooked because everyone's impressed with Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, and more. And I think if you took a Damian Lillard and put him on a team with Cleveland and put Damian Lillard on a team like Boston, um, I think he'd play, he'd play well. Um, but I think it's not just more, it's not just Damian Lillard that has helped them. It's been the player, Yusuf Nurkic, um, it's been the player for CJ McCollum, um, it's been the player of uh, rookie. Zach Collins, who's been able to play minutes off the bench. Evan Turner has been playing well. Uh, Myers Leonard has been all right. Ed Davis, uh, Shabazz Napier. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, everybody that's on that team could start on another team and play well. You know, Wade Baldwin uh, is coming off the bench. You have all those guys, but um, I just like the fact that they're just such a, a close-knit team and yeah, it's a mix of young guys and vets. And it's all led by Damian and everybody knows the role, but we didn't more Harkless, you know, play well. I, I just like that team, um, and I think that early in the season they they just they struggled and you know, they found their way after the All Star break. And I spoke with some Damian Lillard um, in February, and he was really just excited um, for the second half of the season when, when we talked and um, just talked about um, like the Sixers do trust in the process, but he was just calm, and I think he came in. You know, to the second half of the season, and, and, and the Blazers were dominated, but it wasn't just him, it was CJ McCollum. Those two guys together are just a scoring machine. And I have been beating the Pelicans, but it's not because of um, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, because I think even if DeMarcus Cousins was the last, I still think that, you know, the Blazers would dominate. I think it's, I'm really a fan of their team chemistry and the fact that they've been built over the last few years. So I, I have the Pelicans. Excuse me, I have the Portland Trailblazers uh, and, and, and a sweep. And a sweep, so Portland in four. We agree there. Um, I have Portland in five. I think that New Orleans will steal a game because I think Anthony Davis is more than capable of going for 30 and 21 game, taking over and really, you know, just winning a game at home. I think uh, just his pride and putting a team on his back. But, you know, all those guys you mentioned on Portland, it's just the depth. It's just a talent issue. It, it, Portland's just a better team. And it's not a knock on Anthony Davis. He's one of the best players in the game. And like you said, even if DeMarcus was there, two of the most skilled big men, two of the most skilled players in the game, period, wouldn't be able to match up with all the depth. And, you know, those guys need to take breaks. And when they take breaks, Portland's going to feast because they're deep. So it's definitely going to be Portland. I have Portland winning in five, but we, we completely agree. Moving on to a matchup that should be a classic and on paper, if you saw it at the beginning of this year, you would say that is a great conference finals matchup. We're getting it in the first round. Golden State Warriors limping into the first round against the San Antonio Spurs. The Kawhi Leonard-less 
San Antonio Spurs. Who do you got? Storylines galore. I think it's Warriors, but I don't think it's just going to be, um, you know, the Spurs laying down and letting the letting the uh, it's rather yeah, letting the Spurs, the Spurs allowing the Warriors to take advantage of them. You know, I've been impressed um, with Marcus Aldridge this season, and I think that you know he's definitely um, been the guy that has really taken the team at the perimeter position, or excuse me, at the post position, and really made it his. Uh, the best post president they've had since Duncan, but it's the outside shooting, um, it's the passing, it's the rebounding. But I also like Kyle Anderson in the series. It's a guy that can play, um, you know, young and um, can shoot the lights out. Um, but ultimately, this series is a tune-up uh, for the Warriors in the next couple rounds. And, you know, I think Steph Curry is getting some more rest. And I also do think that, you know, guys like Steph Curry and, and, and Kevin Durant and, and Draymond Green um, and Clay Thompson resting throughout the course of the season that's going to help them put the long run uh, in the playoffs going forward. And it's crazy that it's the Spurs, but the Kawhi Leonardless um, Spurs team is definitely going to be um, not going to take the Warriors past the first, you know, out of the first round. It'll be interesting to watch, but I don't think it'll be as interesting as the, the, the series we talked about before. I actually think. Pelicans and um, Trailblazers. Pelicans, yeah, Pelicans and Portland are going to be more interesting than the Warriors and Spurs in the first round. So you got Golden State winning. How many games will it take them? Six. Look at us. We are in sync. I say Golden State in six as well. Um, I I say six because I can't see a Greg Popovich team like you said rolling over. They're good. They're a very well coached team. That system is a proven system that works. And um, a guy like Patty Mills steps up, and it seems every game he's making shots that keep San Antonio in. Uh, they're gonna play tough. San Antonio is still a really tough place to play at home. Uh, you know, ultimately Golden State, the horses are gonna win out there. Kevin Durant's gonna do Kevin Durant things. Draymond's gonna be the glue guy. Clay Thompson's gonna you know seemingly quietly get his twenty plus a game because. He's still a forgotten superstar. And, Clay, if you're listening, I'm going to say it every podcast. Clay, Brooklyn would love you. You would be our guy. Come to Brooklyn whenever it's time. I think in two years you're a free agent. We should be all right. We got our picks then. Come on. Come to Brooklyn. Anyway. I think it's going to ultimately, I think it's going to ultimately come down to um, the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks uh, for Kawhi Leonard. Um, the Celtics, obviously, the, the, the sexy choice because of you know, the young guys, Kyrie Irving and um, company, but um, the Knicks, I've said this before, but um, even before the Knicks got rid of Jeff Hornacek, um, I've been told that Mark Jackson uh, was the proverbial favorite um, and that, you know, Kawhi Leonard would come and tell um, as the, the player and coach coming over there, but you know, Stephen A. Smith had reported uh, in the summer um, that Kawhi Leonard wanted to be traded to the Knicks, and that kind of got swept under the rug. Um, but Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich are not the best of friends, and uh, Kawhi is quiet, quiet. But you know, NBA players keep talking. His information is all being told, you know, by Jalen Rose and, and, and guys like Dwayne Wade. You know, they know something, and uh, I think that. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's uh, exit is very different than you know the, 
the, the, the difference in opinions that you know, Marcus Aldridge and uh, Popovich uh, had privately last season. And, you know, Marcus is happy to better man for it because he's playing right out this season. He realized the opportunity he has, he's feeling it. But Kawhi realizes the talent he has, and he doesn't want to be muffled or stifled. And, um, and Kawhi Leonard is, is doing what's in his best interest, and he's protecting his name and his brand and his, and his hamstrings. Without a doubt, and that would be definitely very interesting. And I know a lot of Knicks fans, they hear Mark Jackson and they don't want him. Mark Jackson's a vocal dude. He's controversial, but the guy can coach. Golden State's not Golden State without Mark Jackson. People don't realize that. But Mark Jackson laid that foundation, and Steve Kerr came and coached, and he's a good coach, but he coached a ready-made team. And then he got Kevin Durant, and it's much more ready-made. So people, people forget Mark Jackson was there. They weren't always great. He built that team. He got Steph. He got Clay. He got, I believe, Draymond was also his. So it's... A guy there that got the raw deal. He's gotten the raw deal a bunch of times. So if he comes to New York, and especially if he's coming in tow with Kawhi, that makes him much sexier to come there. I like David Fisdale for the Knicks. I think David Fisdale is a hell of a coach, and I think he would do very well for the Knicks just because of the current front office is a much more professional front office. David Fisdale is a very professional man. So I really think that he'd do well. But between Mark Jackson and Fizdale, especially if Mark Jackson's coming with Kawhi, you got to lean with Mark Jackson. That's just the bottom line if you're the Knicks. And I also know the Knicks, um, particularly the big, their, uh, their, their head glass guy in Steve Mills is a Princeton guy. I know, I know the Knicks have been interested in David Black for some years, but you know, I think that the situation with David Black and Cleveland um, kind of, you know, players talk, like I said, and number one, and David Black did not only see the eye to eye, and sometimes Kyrie Irving as well. Uh, but I think both guys were respectful of him. But international championships don't mean anything in the NBA. And, you know, Kyrie was LeBron's guy, and similar to uh, Lawrence Frank being Jason Kidd's guy, and ultimately Byron Scott being out of, out of New Jersey at the time. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you want a guy like Tisdale who relates to younger guys. You know, he's, he's a rising guy. He's an assistant with Miami when the blind and then won championships. And, you know, was, you know, in, in Memphis. Didn't work out. But, yeah, I think David Fisdale is a guy that can relate to uh, a, a Michael Beasley, uh, a Courtney Lee, and more. All you have to do is be a motivator and get people to buy into something. And, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, in the offseason for the next. In the offseason, me and you, Scoop, we're definitely going to do another one of these, and we'll see if, especially if the Knicks have a coach, we'll talk about it, because that's something I definitely want to dive into with you more of, especially because I know you, you'll definitely have some insider scoop about how it happened, what happened, so I, we're going to save a lot of that for there. <laughs> so now we get into the fantasy fun side, which, you know, we went in depth with our matchups. Now we get to do a little bit of the fantasy fun. We're going to predict the rest of the way. Probably shouldn't go as long, but me and you talk, and we like to talk, so we're going to talk. So, your Eastern matchup, second round, was the Toronto Raptors and Cleveland Cavs. Who you got and why? Cavs. um, Cavs at five. I think that um, the Cavs were comfortable in beating the Raptors in the regular season, and I think Almost losing to the to the Washington Wizards in the regular season and losing to the Sixers in back to back gave them a dose of reality. And losing to the Knicks in the last regular season game will have them 
motivated in beating the, the select off the Pacers <laughs> in round one. <laughs> that being said, I think that what I just said about the Sixers and the Wizards analogy um, will come into play in Toronto. They won't forget, and they'll be right where they need to be. Tyron Lue has discussed um, health overseeding. I think sometimes being a one seed can give you a psychological advantage that you think you're better, and it makes you comfortable. I remember those Lakers teams when Shaq and Kobe played being a third seed but then going in and beating the Sacramento Kings in 2002. Well, Scoop, even the Spurs, um, the, the great Spurs teams with Timmy, Tony, uh, Parker, Ginobili, they didn't care about seeding. They just got exactly. in and they did their thing. Exactly, and I actually think being a fourth seed is, is to the advantage because, you know, if, if, we all, if, if, if we all look at the beginning of the season, we would have thought that that Cavs team uh, would have been one and that, that, that never would have thought that that Celtics team would be doing as well as they did before the Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward injury. So we're going to go on to Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. No, go ahead. I was just going to move on to your next matchup in the second round. Um, you got Miami versus Milwaukee. That one, I, I didn't see coming. I think that could be a hell of a matchup. Who do you got moving on? Milwaukee. Ooh. Ooh, Milwaukee making a run, the seven seed. You were definitely, you talked about how disappointed they're making it up for you here. Yeah, Milwaukee. I think people have discussed a, a Cleveland or a Philadelphia uh, conference finals. Um, I, I like a, I like a Milwaukee and Cleveland finals. Western, uh, excuse me, Eastern Conference finals matchup. And how many, how many games does it take Milwaukee to beat Miami in your, in your eyes? Milwaukee in six. My second round matchups, a little bit different than yours. Um, I had Washington versus Cleveland. I ultimately have Cleveland winning in six. I don't think it's a cakewalk. Uh, I think John Wall coming back from his injury. Uh, he, I think it rests will do John Wall well, and just his style of game against Cleveland's holes in their defense is going to hurt them. The speed and the pace that he likes to play, I think he's going to push LeBron. But I definitely think, you know, LeBron's LeBron. And he'll ultimately figure out a way to lead the Cleveland. Kevin Love will play a big role in dominating down low. And they're going to ultimately win in six. My second matchup of Philly versus Milwaukee. I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm still trusting that process. I have Philly winning that in seven. You know, I had them sweeping Miami, so they're well-rested. Milwaukee played a seven-game uh, seven series for me. And Milwaukee's a little tired, but they play a hell of a series. But I think Philly ultimately uses all that young energy plus that veteran experience that you talked about to win in seven and get to the conference finals. So we're going to oh. jump. Oh, you got something about that? You're going to tell me I'm wrong? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm recording this all down, so we're going to be able to go back and look at this, too. I might even put this up on Twitter so people will know exactly what our brackets are. There you go. So we're going to go on to the West, your second-round matchup. Number one, you had Houston versus OKC. Whose time is it right now? Who's stepping up? Mm, that's a good matchup. You have um, Harden. 
versus his old team. And I've seen those two teams play against each other, the Thunder and Houston, uh, often. And I'm going to tell you, um, I like OKC over Houston. How many games you got in that one? What'd you say? How many games in that one do you have? Seven. A true, a true series there. Now, what's the X factor in that? Is that just going to be Russell Westbrook with the chip on his shoulder and the way he plays, or is it going to be CP3 and Harden continuing to not be able to get it done in the playoffs? I think it's going to come down to disappointments over the last couple of seasons and not wanting to, be, to, to replicate those mistakes. I think the storyline of you know, Paul George shifting over there for something better, uh, Heidi Mello, Carmelo Anthony, uh, finding his shooting strokes, excuse me, shooting stroke finally. Um, and I think Russell Westbrook continuing to play like Russell Westbrook. Um, and I think that is going to come down to um, just personnel defensively. But I ultimately think it's going to come down to coaching. Um, you know, Mike D'Antoni, uh, coach of the Rockets, um, you know, it's often been said that, you know, his teams aren't defensive team-minded teams. You know, they lost and won by shooting, and, you know, the closest that a Mike D'Antoni coach team uh, came to the finals was uh, a Phoenix uh, Suns team. Uh, they ended up getting on the bench, off the bench, and Amari Stoudemire got coming in and kind of having an altercation in that long and ruining their chances. But uh, I, I just, I don't bet against uh, Russell Westbrook, and I think a lot of people do. Um, but I don't think it's just Russell Westbrook. I don't think it's just um, I don't think it's just Carmelo Anthony, and I don't think it's just um, Paul George um, on that team. I think a lot of times the criticism has been uh, they had no bench, but you look at guys like Andre Robertson, uh, you look at you know Ray Felton, you look at uh, Jeremy Grant, you look at uh, that team, and, and I think that those are some guys that are on that team that have been playoff tested in the past. Um, and, I, and I just think that there is a chip on it. There is a level of must win that the Thunder have um, that the Houston Rockets have differently. And um, I'm going with the Thunder in this one. I like it. I like it. And we're going to roll right into your second game in the second round in the West. Portland versus Golden State. Dame versus assuming Curry is back in this round. So who do you got? I have Golden State, um, but I think it's going to go seven games. Two seven-game matchups in the West. So this is just Scoop basically confirming the regular season that the West was hella tough and that it comes down to very fractional type of things to win series. Uh, who's your X factor there for those games? Um, I think for Golden State, it's, it's, um, it's Kevin Durant. Um, and I think Kevin Durant in – uh, Steph Curry's absence this season, you've seen flashes where he's taken over, which was a carryover from what he did in the finals um, last season and, 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 and became MVP and earned the respect of other peers. But, you know, I, I think um, the point guard play, uh, I think Daniel Lillard is going to overmatch Steph Curry, but Steph Curry doesn't have to drop 60 in order for you know, that team to be successful. Um, I think Clay Thompson defensively, excuse me, I think that. Draymond Green defensively um, can bully them. 
uh, Portland. I think that Clay Thompson um, can shoot the lights out and has, has a longer length than C.J. McCollum and can create um, shots for himself off the pick and roll from, from Draymond and off of Steph Curry. But I think um, coaching is going to come down to it. And I just like Steve Curry in this matchup and, and, and that team better that can coach itself. Not gonna lie, Scoop. I always like it when we agree because it makes makes me feel smarter when we agree on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so in my second round, I had we had we had the, just to let you guys know we had the same exact second round. We had Houston versus OKC, Portland versus Golden State. We were both we were both chalk in the West. We continue. Because I have OKC beating Houston, but I haven't beaten them in six. A little bit quicker. Again, a little bit of bias. Uncle Russell's my favorite player right now. He's just been unbelievable. And again, you don't bet against Russ. And I agree. I said it in the beginning. I think OKC is going to use Utah as a stepping stone. And now they're clicking. And for me, with Houston, I'll believe it when I see it. With them getting it done, and I haven't seen it. I'll believe it when I see it with CP3. And again, haven't seen it. So I really think it's OKC. Um, I think Russell Westbrook, he's been to a finals. Uh, He knows what it's like to get to the finals. He knows the grind it takes to run all the way through the gauntlet of a conference, especially the Western Conference to get there. Granted, he was with Durant, but now he's got Paul George. Now he's got Melo. Now he's got guys, like you said, on the bench, too. He's got a Ray Felton who is, you know, playing at a pretty good level off the bench. So I see OKC winning that in six in terms of the other matchup between the Trailblazers and the Warriors. I see the Warriors in seven as well. I think, you know, you mentioned Clay defensively and then you backtrack, but I'm going to continue to mention Clay Thompson defensively because, yeah, he's a great three-point shooter, but a lot of people always forget that he's one of the best defensive twos in the game. He can guard two. He can guard three. He can guard one. And when you're matching him up against a C.J. McCollum, I think he's going to cause C.J. McCollum fits. Don't get me wrong. McCollum's going to score his points. But that 30, 40-point outburst that we're in, used to seeing from McCollum in order to pick up the slack and help Dame out, I don't think he's going to be able to do that against a guy like um, Koi Thompson. And, you know... Other guys coming off the bench that can be used for Golden State. Um, you know, it's just, just going to give him fits. Sean Livingston is long. He's going to probably spend some time on CJ as well as Dame. The Golden State's a good defensive team. They score a lot, but they are very good defensively as well. And people don't see that. People don't see Kevin Durant's defensive prowess. And he's gotten much better. And his, you know, he gets blocks at the best time in the game. So... Got Golden State going in seven. OKC Golden State's the matchup for me. So we're going to go back to the East scoop. Do you have anything to say about that in the West? No. You, you, you're pretty spot on. We're agreeing and not agreeing. We're agreeing and agreeing. Yeah, we ain't agreeing in the East. We're agreeing in the West. But let's <laughs> let's we're going to jump back to the East. Your matchup was Cleveland versus Milwaukee. It's LeBron versus Tenacompo. A guy who was considered to be LeBron light for a little bit. Who do you got in that matchup? And how many games and why? Um, I got Kev and five. 
Cleveland in five. Now, is it going to be a tough five, or is it going to be LeBron being LeBron at this point in the playoffs and kind of putting everyone in their place? Series where people look at Giannis Antetokounmpo and say, wow, he's next. The same way that people looked at Durant um, back in like 2011 as being the next to LeBron. And I think that what's going to be special about this matchup game, I think that the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks are playing the way they were supposed to have been playing two years ago. Um, and I, it's, they're almost going to be like that 2013 Pacers team that took on the Heat. Um, that had a, a young Paul George. Now, quickly, Scoot. Scoot, now quickly. Now, you you know LeBron's a very – he's one of the most intelligent athletes, one of the most intelligent guys you've ever seen play the game, especially basketball-wise. But he pays attention to everything. He pays attention to social media. He watches ESPN. He knows what's going on. Do you think he gets up personally for these types of series where a guy like Atenacompo is being called the next LeBron? Do you think he gets up for these types of series – to kind of put oh, that kid sure. back in his place like he did to Durant. Basically, son Durant, oh, the sure. first time he saw him and said, listen, not yet, kid. You think he's going to try and do that to a Tenacompo? Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, and that's that's a competitor in LeBron that people don't think that he has and people don't see enough or don't want to see it. But LeBron does that type of stuff. So sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, continue with where you were going. I don't know if I knocked off your train of thought. No, you didn't. I think you, you pretty much nailed it. I think, you know, he's a rising star. And, uh, I mean, you don't get on 60 minutes by just uh, being normal. Um, I guess it, that style of play, that Brandon Ingram style of, of, of tall forward, you know, that, that tall, lanky forward. It started with, with, with Tracy McGrady and ran over to Kevin Durant, like, that's the wave, and um, I think with uh, Giannis and, and the Brown matchup in the West Coast, even in the Eastern Conference Finals, is what we're going to see, and I think it's going to be capped in five series. All right. Now, for me, I had Cleveland versus Philadelphia. I had the process getting there, but this is where the process ends. It's about two years too soon. Because I don't think LeBron's done yet. People talk about Tom Brady playing for forever. I don't think LeBron... LeBron will stop when LeBron wants to stop. Period. Um, I have Cleveland also winning this series in five. So we both have Cleveland getting there. I just think, again, we uh, LeBron hears the comparisons. He hears people saying Ben Simmons is LeBron without a jumper. So LeBron's going to show him what a jumper looks like. And he's going to show him what bully ball looks like. And LeBron... You know, people see LeBron as a small forward and Ben Simmons is a big point guard. Nah, LeBron's a point guard. Let's let's not get it twisted. LeBron is a point guard. LeBron is probably the best point guard in the game. So he's definitely like we just talked about. He, Scoop thinks he's going to get up for a ten of compo if they get there. I think he's going to get up for Ben Simmons. And I think Cleveland in five. Too much LeBron. Too much everyone else on the Cavs as well. And this is where. You're going to see guys like Kevin Love, I think, have a big factor because he's. I think he's also going to play for pride. And Embiid is that young stud that eats up boards and scores big points and shoots from the outside. And Kevin Love is going to look at that and go, yo, that was me. I eat up boards. I'm a three-point shooter. I can put the ball on the floor. Let's do this. So I think it's for multiple players on the Cavs that are going to look to step up. And ultimately, I think they're going to win that in five. Here we go. Oh, yeah. So, next one. We both have this matchup. We might have different answers. In the West, Western Conference Finals, OKC versus Golden State, who you got? 
Well, I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and I said that I thought it was going to be Cleveland and uh, the Warriors in the NBA Finals, but I'm going to do something a little different. I can actually see an OKC Cleveland Cavaliers matchup in the NBA Finals. Wow. How many games is it going to take for OKC to get past Golden State? Assuming Golden State's Seven. full strength at this point. Seven? Seven. So is Uncle Russell just at the point where he's done being denied? He's probably going to lose the MVP after getting triple doubles for the year again, which, you know, it's miraculous that there's going to be someone good enough to take the MVP away from that. But you, so is he just the major X factor in this? Is this just Russell Westbrook not to be denied? In the finals? Well, I mean in the conference finals against Golden State. Yeah, I think, um, I don't think he's going to get any overdraft charges and, you know, he's not going to go on a date and, 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 and cause a decline at the, at the restaurant. He can get his big, big Peter Luger steak and, 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 he, and he's taken care of. I think he, he can get past, uh, the Warriors in this one. I think there are certain things about the Warriors that can be, can, uh, be beaten. And, and I think that, I think that people are used to the Warriors. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not great at what they do. Um, I think team chemistry is everything, but I look at a team like uh, the Boston Celtics back in 2008 um, that had a veteran squad of, you know, Kevin Garnett, uh, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Ray John Rondo as the point guard, and, you know, Sam Cassell spelling uh, Ray John Rondo in key points. And, um, you know, I, I saw a team put together at the beginning of the season and they went out and you know, do what they needed to do. So, you know, I think the people uh, don't truly appreciate the greatness that, that Russell Westbrook is. And um, I like this storyline this season, you know, particularly because Carmelo Anthony, uh, for many years, you know, in that 2003 draft, you know, you saw, you've seen guys come and go. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's no Darko Milicic going anywhere, but you've seen, you know, you've seen Chris Bosh win a championship. You've seen LeBron win multiple championships. You know, Dwayne Wade and multiple championships, but you know, when, when can it become Melo Anthony's turn? And I think this is the chance for him to uh, to show people up and uh, you know do what he's supposed to do. No, no doubt, no doubt at all. I love it. Now, it's interesting because again, we agree, and we agree exactly. I got OKC in seven as well, and the way I look at it, it's for me, it's a lot of matchups. I don't think that OKC has matched up against Golden State in any years like they do. I don't think anyone's matched up against Golden State as well as OKC does when you really look at it. Russell against Curry. I think uh, Russell Westbrook against Curry, who I don't think is going to be at full health. He's still going to be limping. So you gotta, we got to take that into consideration. I think he's going to be enough to hold Curry defensively, obviously not stop him completely, but hold him. Paul George matches up well against... Uh, Kevin Durant, in terms of defense, Paul George is a defensive stud, so I like that matchup. I think Melo's going to do his thing, and he's not afraid to body with people. People don't know that about Melo, but Melo really, really fights. And there was an interview, I think it was years ago, it had to be a few years ago now, when they asked LeBron, who do you hate playing against the most? And he flat out said, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo's a bull. The guy, he's solid. You you knock into him, he's going to knock you down. Like, that's just him. So Draymond's going to have his hands full. And then you look at shooting guard, who's going to stop Clay? Well, we already mentioned him. Andre Roberson and even Corey Brewer's on that team. They're both going to give Clay some trouble. 
So for me, I see it's matchups. I think OKC in seven. Russell's not to be denied. Russell's going to get his revenge against Durant. And I just love the way Russell Westbrook plays. He has that chip on his shoulder. He plays like a 90s player. He hates everyone. I love it. So on to the grand finale. Me and you got the same exact matchup. Cleveland versus OKC Thunder. Who do you got? Cleveland Cavaliers in six. Cleveland in six. And you want to know something funny, Scoop? I ain't copying you. I did mine before we even got on here. Cleveland in six for me as well. Who's your X factor? Is it just LeBron doing LeBron things? Who's going to make this a champ- another championship for LeBron? Uh, I think it's a mixture of things. And I think the biggest mixture um, is the fact that the Cavs have a supporting cast. Um, it's 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 Jordan Clarkson. It's it's um, it's uh, George Hill. It is uh, you know we didn't talk a lot about uh, Kevin Love, but you know that guy's been concussed. He's been you know knocked down. He's been you know I like I like uh, kind of a, 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 a war ridden uh, Kevin Love versus the pretty boy Kevin Love, and I think um, he's he's adjusting well chemistry wise with. LeBron in a way that he wasn't able to do with both LeBron and Kyrie. Uh, but I think the Cavs definitely are going to be shooting at a premium, but they can also play uh, defensively down low. And I'm going to tell you something. I think in the finals, you're going to see an emergence of Tristan Thompson because he's been quiet over the last year and a half. Uh, and he's going to need to get his mind away from things after all the things that he's been going through lately and the tabloids. This is going to be a good way for him to get his mind off of uh, stuff going on in his personal life. Not take a shot at Tristan, because I, I like Tristan. Tristan's a good player, but he, he's. This is going to be a good mind. You know, take his mind off of everything. Sure, and I think um, I also just think that the um, you know I think when I look at the Cavs roster, uh, even from a perspective of them being young, uh, I like that uh, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, has played under or played with two Hall of Famers, one two future Hall of Famers, and you know Kobe and LeBron. Um, I also think that Tyloo has something to prove. Uh, kind of similarly to how Steve Kerr was sick last year, and then uh, he was replaced uh, until he was well again. And and and, and um, you know it it it, 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 was, it was done the right way. Um, I think Tyloo. His health is, is something that people can ask about. Just, you look at teams and storylines are, are things that um, you look at going into the season but or to, to the finals but or the playoffs. But I think that um, I, I really like the cast storyline and I like the personnel they had. I mean, you look at um, Isaiah Thomas being traded in the offseason coming to you know, Cleveland for you know, Kyrie Irving. And then you see Kyrie Irving going down and um, you know, the issues with the surgery came back to bite them in the butt, and then what happened? They make a trade with a three-team trade with, you know, the, the, the Miami Heat and the Lakers, and and Wade goes back home. You know, uh, Derek Rose goes to Utah, and it's Wade and goes to Minnesota, and then you know you have Jordan Clarkson, you have uh, you have George Hill come in. And, you know, George Hill is the defensive point guard that they needed. Um, Kyle Korver is playing like Philadelphia Kyle Korver. Or Utah Kyle Korver. Um, you know, every great championship team has premium shooting, and every great championship team has interior defense. And when I look at this Cavs team, they remind me, uh, in some ways, of 
of the last year's Warriors team because a lot of people questioned the, the, the Warriors' uh, interior defense. Is Zaja a dirty player or not? Um, it helps fill that hole. Um, you, you, you look at LeBron having another scoring option to, to help him have that Jordan Clark. That, you know, um, just all of these different factors, all these questions that were of questions of last season that you don't have. Is, the only question that I really have is can the Cavs maintain leads? And can the Cavs be more interesting than in just the last two minutes of a ball game? The other question I have is J.R. Smith. Can we get a solid 19 points in the game consistently? Yeah, and one thing I like about this matchup, I think we're going to see a more physical finals, a more physical matchup than we have seen, a more 90s-style game because, number one, we're going to see triple-doubles left and right. LeBron and Russell are going to put on a show. There, There's no doubt in my mind LeBron and Westbrook are just going to go and put on a show. They're going to do their thing, but also just the style of play. LeBron has that soft stigma where I don't think people understand that the guy's a grown man. He doesn't shy away from contact. He actually invites it every time he drives down a lane. He's looking to dunk over someone. No one wants to get in his way. Russell Westbrook plays the game the same way. Very physical, very tough, but I think it also trickles down. I think we talked about Paul George having something to prove. He wants to get past LeBron. Paul George has not been able to do that. He wants to get past LeBron. Melo wants to take one from LeBron. He's always played second fiddle to LeBron, so he's got something to prove. And then, like you said, you have a guy like Kevin Love who, again, he has something to prove. He's been, you know, he gets compared to Chris Bosh a lot. But everyone says, oh, well, he wasn't as good as Bosh as the number three and all. And that's unfair to him because he's a different type of player. But at the same time, he has a chip on his shoulder and he's another guy. People forget how physical Kevin Love can be. Kevin Love was a physical player before coming to the Cavs. He had to fall into the role of a three-point shooter, but I think we're going to have to see him grind it out a little more. And you have gritty, gritty players. I agree J.R. Smith needs to be a factor. He needs to play well. He needs to play consistent. And the best J.R. Smith is when J.R. Smith is driving to the hole, when he's not falling in love with these three-point shots. I know they're a three-point shooting team, but the guy's a freak athlete. There's very few finishers at the hole as good as J.R. Smith. It's just we never get to see it because he just falls in love with the jumper. But ultimately, I think we're going to see a very physical, very chippy finals where you're going to see two teams that start, respect each other but end up really disliking each other towards the end of this but have very mutual respect. Ultimately, see LeBron winning. I agree with all of your um, issues that you see with Cleveland, can they maintain a lead? Can they do these types of things? That's where I think a George Hill comes in. That's why I think a Kyle Korver comes in. Uh, and I think they're the main factors of when you need a big shot, when everyone's doubling LeBron, tripling LeBron, they're going to have to make a big shot. And their veteran, the leadership that they have, the poise that they have, the experience they have, they're going to get that shot, that Ray Allen-esque shot that is going to end up ultimately winning the games. Yep. They got a, they got an in-season makeover uh, that, that's better than what they had last play, last finals. Yeah, without a doubt. They're, they're, they are a much better team than they were in the last finals. And that's not, you know, minus Kyrie, because Kyrie is an all-world player. But you can replace an all-world player with, four or five really talented guys. And that's exactly 
what the Cavs did. They became a more cohesive unit, and they all understand their role, and they're all playing it pretty damn well. And when they click, there's no team better than them in the NBA. And so with that, that was your NBA preview on episode 19 of the Sports Opinions Podcast. Scoop, I had lots of fun. Thank you for coming on. Brother, you had me thinking on, on, on this evening. I'm, I'm glad we got this done and we could talk about it for two months. And I'm glad it's here and I hope the people enjoyed it. Got to give the people what they want. Absolutely. And again, Scoop in his new venture is over at Basketball Society, senior columnist. He is writing all sorts of fun stuff about basketball. The man always writes fun stuff, but this is really into his complete and total forte. The man's a basketball savant when it comes in terms of knowing it. He's been around it his whole life. Go give him a look. Follow Basketball Society on Twitter. I'm pretty sure they're at Basketball Society. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Scoop, tell the people where they can find you. Tell them where they can find Scoopy Radio Podcast, which you are the host of and you bring on great guests. Tell them where they can find you. Give them the rundown. Oh, yeah. You can check out the Scoopy Radio Podcast by subscribing to Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. Well, specifically visit ScoopyRadio.com. Uh, we had anybody from Attorney of Glory all the way to Civil Rights Advocates, where we're now sharpened to. Uh, WNBA player Captain Pondexter, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, um, and, and a myriad of other people. On uh, even uh, the, the director of uh, urban development, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, we had him on. Uh, our shows got too many downloads last year. They mentioned uh, anywhere from White Bar to Complex to uh, Billboard to ESPN to Jump. So, you know, we're making me and my team, DJ Maniello, making headway uh, as a new source. And, um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Scoopy, Instagram, Scoop underscore B, Snapchat, Scoop underscore B, and visit my info page to learn more about me. You can visit Scoop B, S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, dot com. You can learn more about my merchandise as well, Scoopy Radio merchandise, Scoopy, ton of t-shirts and sweatshirts and all through water apparel. So, got a lot going on. I have a good team around me and um, looking to do great work during the NBA playoffs. And the, that's all the man does. The man does great work. You'd be very remiss if you don't go and follow his stuff. And if you heard our podcast that we just did, you know the man knows what he's talking about. So, and you guys can find this episode of us talking with the Scoopy Radio in the next day or so. So, yeah, definitely uh, looking to see how well we do in our predictions. We could be all wrong or all right, but you know, basketball is a fun sport we can talk about all day. Without a doubt. And as always, I'm your host, Alex Cuesta. Find me on Twitter at A underscore Cuesta 30. Follow Sports Opinions on Twitter at Sports Opinion 30. And we're on YouTube. That's where you're listening to this on. Go ahead, click subscribe if you haven't already so you can get all the great content, all the great guests that I have on weekly, and also my brand new weekly New York sports update for the New York sport fan because that's where I reside. Again, Scoop. Thank you very much. My man. And that is all for the Sports Opinions Podcast. Have a good one. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 